Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, several weeks back, we started the series on uh, the fundamentals of salvation. And the goal is to bring us all to a place of mastery in the subject of salvation in Christ Jesus, such that uh, we would be able to rightly divide whatever objection we hear, whatever objection uh, uh, is, is brought to our face where the matter of salvation is concerned. One of the most common objections uh, is the uh, objection to the simple truth that salvation in Christ is eternal. And uh, over the past several weeks, we have been looking at that. I think we have uh, about eight different classes, eight different sessions, uh, apart from today, before today. We have them in our audio platform uh, on Spotify. Uh, over the course of time, we are going to be moving them on this platform. Uh, but today, what I will do is I will try to uh, bring us together to a place where we can then move on to the next thing, to the next uh, aspect that we'll be considering, where this matter is concerned. So follow along with me. And then as we see together how the scriptures, how the Bible, uh, brings out the subject of salvation. Uh, to start with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, I will just uh, read from here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, from verse 15 to 17. All right, reading from here, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, the agios graphi in the Greek, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So straight away, we see here that the scriptures, the purpose of scriptures is to bring a man to a place of mastery, to the place of mastery in the matters of salvation. Glory to Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine there is the Greek word didaskalia. Didaskalia means teaching, either as a function or the information itself. That is, the word teaching there can be used as a verb or can be used as a noun. As a verb, talking about the real function of teaching, the act of teaching, what I am doing now. Or as a, a noun, talking about the information being are uh, being passed across the information being taught okay so that is doctrine both as a function teaching as a function and the information being taught as well uh, it goes on and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof reproof there is the word elenkos elenkos means com, uh, com, conviction it means evidence glory to jesus uh, it goes on for correction. Correction is the word epanotosis. Epanotosis means a rectification, straightening up again. Glory to Jesus. And then the last one for instruction 
in righteousness. Instruction there is the word idea. Idea is education or training. Okay, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we can conclude right off the bat that the purpose of scriptures is to bring a man to the point of mastery in salvation so that he can use uh, 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 his mastery to teach, to train, to educate, to, 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 to enact correction, glory to Jesus. He, he can use his mastery even as reproof. He can use his, 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 his mastery for the purpose of straightening up misconceptions, straightening up objections, glory to Jesus. And that is the purpose of scripture. Where the matter of salvation is concerned, the scripture is the expert text where salvation is concerned. The Bible is the expert text. So we are going to be uh, 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 really studying scriptures together, going into like the, the, the depth of fundamentals, of the fundamentals where salvation is concerned. And that's what we have been doing over the past eight classes right now. This is the ninth one. Well, I encourage you once again, you can update yourself or just wait until we upload those previous classes right here on this platform. Glory to Jesus. Some of them have already been uploaded. Uh, but wherever you are, whether you have been following us before now or not, by the time we are done with all we have to do here, you will be just fine. Glory to Jesus by the grace of God. So we read right away that the scriptures are centered on Christ. Let's see John chapter 5, verse 39. John chapter 5, verse 39. This was Jesus speaking to the Jews, speaking to the Pharisees. John 5, 39. Okay, I'll read from here. It says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So clearly Jesus is saying here, the scriptures, they testify of me. The purpose of scriptures is the testimony of the Christ. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the summary of reading Genesis to Malachi, and again, that is the scriptures. Huh? That is the scripture. The scripture, when, 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 when you see scriptures in the Bible, it is referring to the books of Genesis to Malachi. How do we know that? Jesus in John 5.39 made reference to the scriptures. In fact, all through his earthly ministry, you will hear Jesus saying, as the scriptures are said, okay? As the scripture has recorded, as it is written in the scripture, okay? We would we'll, 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 we'll see most of the time referencing the scripture. So definitely we know that the scripture cannot be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels that details the activities of, of Jesus while he walked the heart. So if Jesus, during his walking of the heart, referenced the scriptures, we know that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that detail his work on the heart is not the scriptures. Because as at then, the only thing written, the only thing scripted were the scriptures. Okay, and what are those? Genesis to Malachi. That's why on the Sabbath, the Jews will get to the synagogue and they will read the law and the prophets. They will read Genesis to Malachi. Glory to Jesus. Likewise, Paul, speaking to Timothy in 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3, 
verse 15 to 17 that we just read, we see Paul again referencing the scriptures. So we know that the scriptures is as well, not the epistles, because the epistles as are then were still playing out. They were still happening, so they had not been recorded. The only thing recorded was what? The scriptures, Genesis to Malachi. I believe that straightens things up over there. Okay, so we know for a shorty, Genesis to Malachi is the scriptures. Okay, and we learn that the summary of Genesis to Malachi, the summary of scriptures, according to Jesus' words in John 5.39, is what? Is Christ. Let us see more. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Luke 24 from verse 24. And certain of them who were with us went to the tomb and found it, it just as the woman had said. But in they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That is instructive, people of God. That is very instructive. So we see Jesus going into the scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, to expound things concerning himself. Christ is the essence of the scriptures. Christ is the purpose of scriptures. Glory to Jesus. And that is what we read here. Also, verse 44 to, 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 to verse 47, let's see that. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was, I, I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets, which is the scriptures, the law of Moses plus the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend scripture. So again, we see Jesus making it clear, so clear as day, that the scriptures are what? They are they which testify of him. Everything written in the scriptures has one goal, has one end, and that is what? To communicate the Christ. Glory to Jesus. It is to communicate the Christ. Verse 46 tells us more. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So we see that what is detailed in that explanation that he made of the scriptures, it is the burial, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that is the scriptures. Okay. So the, 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 the explanation of the scriptures is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, Christ is the reason for the scriptures. Christ is the reason for the scriptures. And we must be very careful in dividing the Bible. Okay? In dividing the Bible. In the Bible, like I've already established, the scriptures is talking about what? Genesis to Malachi. In the scriptures, we have Moses, which is also called the law. That is the first five books written by Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. After that, we have the major and the minor prophets. Glory to Jesus. We have the major and the minor prophets. And these are the things that make up the scriptures. Genesis to Malachi. Okay? 
after that we have the gospels the gospels are four in number matthew mark luke and john and something to note about the 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 the, the gospel is they are all parables they are parables and john chapter 20 verse 31 you you can read that up at your leisure while you are doing your personal study john 20 31 tells us the purpose of the gospels matthew mark luke and john they are written that a man may believe that jesus is the promised christ that is the purpose for the gospels the four gospels matthew mark luke and john glory to jesus and that by believing in this jesus okay a man would receive the eternal life that was promised through him glory to jesus so that's the purpose of the gospels they are parables okay and that's why they must be interpreted in the light of christ the gospels are not for teaching doctrine to those who are in the faith they are for bringing men to the faith okay again let me say that again the gospels matthew mark luke and john are to bring men into the faith to make men realize that this jesus okay that jesus was the promised one the promised eternal life glory to jesus okay it is not to be used to teach doctrine or to teach beliefs okay to those who are already in the faith glory to jesus it must be interpreted in the light of christ after the gospels matthew mark luke and john we have the acts of the apostles and like the name implies the acts of the apostles is the account of dr luke okay of the early apostles the details of their growth in the act of apostles we will see how the uh, um, early apostles grew in understanding how they grew in revelation how the church grew in revelation okay so uh, luke records by 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 eyewitness testimony okay eyewitness record luke tells us how they grew and also how they discharged their ministry assignments glory to jesus that is the act of apostles then we have the epistles starting from romans the book of romans up to jude the epistles okay and the epistles everything that is concealed in the scriptures genesis to malachi that is concealed in the shadows of the scriptures that is concealed in the human escapades recorded in genesis to malachi the marriages the wars the the kingdoms everything recorded in genesis to malachi again what is the essence the essence is christ okay so in the epistles we have a revelation of christ in the scriptures glory to jesus hallelujah hallelujah so all that is concealed in the scriptures is brought out is revealed in the epistles then we have revelation just as jesus said in john 16 uh, uh in his last words i think verse 17 there are yet many things that i would like to tell you but you cannot take it however when the spirit of truth comes it shall guide you to all truth okay he shall not speak of himself but he shall remind you of me okay so those words are recorded in the epistles okay the things jesus could not teach they are revealed to us through the ministry of the apostles in the epistles glory to jesus so that really helps someone have a holistic view of the entire bible including the scriptures glory to jesus so with what we have held so far with what we have seen so far 
we can see that when you read scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, what you are looking for is what? Is Christ. Hmm. Once you find Christ, what do you do? You trash every other thing. Someone said, what? We trash scriptures. We trash, uh, 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 trash things that are written in the, uh, in the scriptures. That was exactly how Jesus handled the scriptures. That's why Jesus never said anything about David versus Goliath. Jesus never said anything about Ruth. Jesus never said anything about Nehemiah. Many things Jesus never spoke about. In fact, Jesus never said anything about David apart from referencing some of David's prophecies of him, of himself. So we see that Jesus is very particular about his use of scriptures because scriptures are for Christ to be seen. There are many things there. You find Christ out and then you trash every other thing. That is how to handle scriptures. Glory to Jesus. We see in uh, uh, Luke uh, 24, again, still Luke 24, verse 44, when he said, These are the words which I spoke unto you, which means that when Jesus was still with them throughout the four Gospels, okay, what he spoke to the disciples were the things that will be fulfilled about his death, burial, and resurrection as recorded in the scriptures. So we see Jesus like, like consciously is so deliberate about it because again that is the purpose of scriptures scriptures have no other use no other use whatsoever apart from this to communicate christ please take note of that to communicate christ let's see uh, a couple more scriptures john chapter 5 verse 46 John chapter 5, verse 46. John chapter 5, verse 46. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I'm excited to, to be learning the word today. John 5, 46 to 47. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Did you hear that? This was Jesus speaking. So Jesus is saying, hey, Moses, he wrote about me. So when you see Moses, Genesis to, 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 to Deuteronomy, it's all about Christ. They are just in shadows. We will see more about that as we go on today. Glory to Jesus. But here, Jesus is making the bold declaration, the clear speech that, listen, Moses, what's really Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? They are all about me. He is writing about me. The old purpose, the old essence is Christ. Glory to Jesus. So we see other scripture, John 5, 39 to 40, which we have uh, as well read, we see Luke 24, 24, we see this idea transfer all through the scriptures, okay? The essence of scriptures is what? Is to reveal Christ. Is Christ, okay? But Christ is in the scriptures concealed, okay? Where we get the revelation of Christ, the revelation of scriptures is where the epistles. And again, we, we will see why that is very soon. Just stay with me. Glory to Jesus. So we'll notice that this was also the 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 um the operation of the apostles. Okay, they did the same thing, how they handled scriptures, what their ministry was. Okay, they were basically you you will notice that they were not really quoting Jesus' words, the apostles generally, the apostles. They were quoting scriptures, okay. So they were bringing out Christ, okay from the scriptures this is how the apostles approach their ministries uh, uh, their ministries as well okay so 
we see examples let's see Acts chapter 8 verse 20, uh, 28 verse 23 let's see some some examples of that how the, the apostles skillfully used scriptures just the same way Jesus did Acts 28 verse 23 glory to Jesus Acts 28 verse 23 hallelujah so when they had appointed him a day many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. So we see that, right? Clear, clear. What Paul spent time doing, this was Paul's ministry at Rome, yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, that's right, at Rome. So all he did was to open up scriptures with them, the law and the prophet, Genesis to Malachi, and bring out the Christ. Bring out messages. Bring out uh, uh, information about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That is the purpose of scripture. We, we see another one, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and verse 17. All right. So this one says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. Oh, so all the days that were marked, the sabbath, the new moon, this festival, the Passover, this offering, that, they are all a shadow of that which is to come, which is what? The Christ. So everything testifies of Christ. Glory to Jesus. Okay, Christ is the substance. Or you can say Christ is the reality. They are the shadow. Christ is the reality. Hallelujah. So we see other scriptures. You can go over uh, them um, at your personal study. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7 to 12. We also see 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 4. And in that, I particularly enjoy that 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4. Because there, Paul boldly declares that all of the new creation realities, realities of the new man in Christ, of the new creature in Christ, he brought them out from his revelation of the scriptures. Wow. So every revelation that Paul shared were actually brought out from the scriptures by him. Glory to Jesus. So new creation realities preached by Paul were all gotten by the revelation of the scriptures, of course, by the Holy Spirit. And again, that was what Jesus commented on in John 16, when he said, the spirit of truth, it shall guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So we can conclude this way, that the epistles is the interpretation of scriptures. This is big. Please take note of that. The epistles is the revelation of scriptures. If you read Genesis to Malachi alone, you will be getting wrong information because there are concealment there. Christ is concealed. Again, the purpose is Christ. If you interpret scriptures correctly, it should lead you to one person, which is what? Christ. Which is who? Christ. But to be able to do that, you need what? The revelation of the scriptures, which is found where? In the epistles. Glory to Jesus. That is why we have been doing that for the past few weeks now, uh, 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 we saw the story of Adam, and then we saw how it is revealed in this uh, in the epistles. Okay, 
we see how the epistles reveal what really happened to us. Just follow with me. I will share some, some examples of this. So from the epistles, we realize, first of all, that God promised eternal life before the world began. This is big. Let's see this. Titus 1, verse 1 to 2. Titus chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. Paul, a born servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Did you see that? The promise of eternal life was before the world began. Hmm. And of course, who is the eternal life? That's Jesus. So the promise of the Christ was before it existed, before the world even began. That means the promise of eternal life did not come because Adam fell. That means whether Adam fell or not, that had always been the plan, that Christ would come. Hmm. That was God's idea in the first place. Again, one big thing we, we, we need to realize as children of God, as sons of our Father, is that God doesn't react. That's why He is God. The moment God reacts, that means He's not God. Because reaction is a response to something that we didn't know would, would, would happen and then it happened and then we react. Okay, we respond to it. Okay, God doesn't react, God proacts. Proact means take action in advance of an expected event. God is all knowing. God knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. That's why he's God. So Adam's fall, Adam's uh, 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 error did not prompt God to send Christ. That's what we always thought. I thought it at some point myself. Because when you read the scriptures alone, what idea do you get? Speak with me. Talk, talk to me. The idea you get is, oh, God had a plan in mind, and then God wanted Adam to enjoy the plan, and Adam fell, and God said, ah, now we have to do something. Okay, I will send Jesus. Jesus will redeem man, and then... That is this narration that we have. That's the narrative we have from reading the scriptures alone. But when we get to the revelation of scriptures, the epistles, we are told here that what? Wait a minute. Christ was the idea in the first place. Christ is not an afterthought. It didn't come because Adam did something and God was reacting to try and correct what Adam did. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the plan of God in the first place has always been eternal life through Christ. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm coming somewhere. Just follow with me. God does not react. He proacts. He's all-knowing. For God to react means that God was caught by surprise. That means he's not God. Hmm. Never. He never reacts. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. Okay? Hallelujah. So if Adam had not fallen, are not falling, rather. Assuming Adam did not fall, Christ would still have come. Because that was the plan in the first place. We will we, we begin to see some things. Now let's see John chapter 1. How do we know? How sure are we that these things 
are really true. Let's see scriptures. Actually, uh, see uh, what 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 the Bible has to say about it. John chapter one. I'll read from verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What year is the Greek word logos? Logos means the thinking pattern. So we see the thinking pattern of God. Later on in verse 4, verse 5, you see that in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in, in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, and then we see uh, later on that, down that chapter, we see he came to his own, and, and his own knew him not. His own received him not. But to them that received to them, he gave power to become son of God. So we know that he's talking about Jesus. Christ is the word there. And guess what? The word, the logos, that is the thinking pattern of God. So what do we make out of that? The thinking pattern of God has always been Christ. That is how God thinks. Hallelujah. The thoughts in the heart of God at any point in time is what? Is Christ. Is how through Christ his intention of making man in his own image would be fulfilled. We are coming there. Glory to Jesus. So Christ is the thinking pattern of God. It has always been there before the world began. No wonder John in, in, uh, uh, in, in Revelation, okay, brother John would say what? The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Wow. So before the foundation of the world, before the world began was in God. That was God's idea. In God's heart, okay, Christ was slain. So again, it was not an afterthought. It had always been the plan. And whatever happened with Adam wouldn't change a thing. It had always been the plan. Hmm. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So from the epistles, the revelation of scriptures, we realize that Christ is the thinking pattern of God. We realize that Christ is the thinking pattern of God. Let's let let's 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 try and um, analyze this John chapter one a little bit more. So in the beginning, John chapter one, we see life and we see light. That's what we read in John chapter one from verse one to five. We see life and then we see light. When was the beginning? Genesis chapter one verse one. Glory to Jesus. And we know that this word, okay, that was that is also the light and the life of men, okay, that that is the promised life is actually what is Christ, okay. And this is telling us that in the beginning there was the life and there was the light. Second Corinthians chapter four verse four to six. Let's quickly see that. Second Corinthians chapter four verse four to six. This tells us a bit more about what we are seeing here. Whose minds the God of this world of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of god should shine on them wow so we see here paul tells us and it goes on to verse 6 communicating the same truth the light is what the glorious gospel of christ wow let's go back to john chapter 1 verse 7 to 9 this man john chapter 1 verse 7 to 9 came for a witness talking about john to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe he was not that light john was not that light okay but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world so jesus is that light okay is the gospel the glorious gospel of christ okay 
verse 6 of, of 7 Corinthians chapter 4. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we see from these scriptures, John chapter 1, verse 7 to 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, we see clearly that Genesis chapter 1 was not just a mere creation story. Genesis chapter 1 is God declaring his intention in Christ. <laughs> 7 Corinthians 4, 6, it is God that commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Talking about Genesis 1, 1. When God said, let, let there be light in Genesis 1, 3, God was not talking about creation. God was stating his intention in Christ Jesus. God was stating his intention in Christ Jesus. When God said, let us make man in our own image, Genesis 1.26, God was stating his intention. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6 tells us that Christ is the image. So God was saying, out of divinity, let humanity come forth to fulfill the redemption of man. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. It was all about salvation. Genesis chapter 1 started off with God's plan of salvation. Glory to Jesus. You know, Moses didn't tell us this. Did he? No. Why? Because he communicated the things that he saw in a vision as a spiritually dead one, as spiritually dead as he was, he communicated them in parables. But where do we get the revelation of the parables? The epistles. Glory to Jesus. Wow, I'm excited already, but we are not done yet. Stay with me. So, as well, through the epistles, the revelation of the scriptures, we also see properly what happened with Adam. We see exactly how it happened with Adam. Okay? Let's see Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 19. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 19. Wow. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 19. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Let me jump quickly to verse 19. You can go over uh, uh, that old passage um, at your personal study. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Okay? That's verse 19, Romans chapter 5. Disobedience here is the word parakoe. Parakoe means to refuse to be persuaded. To refuse to believe. It means unbelief. Wow. Adam's problem was unbelief. He was told a story. He was given a message which he did not believe. In fact, reading through Romans 5, 12 to 19, we see that an offer was made to him and he rejected the offer. Moses called it the tree of life. What is the tree of life? John, for in him was life and the life was the light of men. In Christ was life and the life was the light of men. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes up, uh, uh, um, unto the Father except by me. And the life is the light of men. Hmm. So we see clearly that Christ is the, uh, is the tree of life. 
in scriptures, we we'll see tree of life, we we'll see book of life in, in Revelation, we we'll see river of life. These are all use of words to communicate one single truth, which is Christ. If it is life, we see eternal life, it is Christ. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So God offered him the tree of life, which is life in Christ Jesus, by which Adam would be made, would get a chance to be made the image of God. So Genesis 1.26 was not Adam. Adam was not made in the image of God. No man is made in the image of God. In fact, Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 to 5 says, every man is born after his likeness. Makes us realize that. After the likeness of his parents. No man is created in the image of God. The only one created in the image of God is Colossians 2.15. Tells us, uh, 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 um, it shows us in Colossians 2.15. We saw it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Christ is the image of God. The express image of God. We see it in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The express image of the Father, Christ. So what Adam had was an offer of life in Christ Jesus by which he will be given eternal life. And by that life, he will be reborn, okay? Reborn to be made in the image of, of God. So that offer, if he had accepted it, would have given him a chance to be made in the image of God. Man would determine his choice, would determine his faith, whether to be made in the image of God or not by his choice, whether to accept the offer or to reject the offer. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And that was what happened with uh, uh, with, 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 with Adam. We know Adam did not, have, uh, did, did not accept. Adam did not believe the gospel that was preached unto him, which is the tree of life that Moses communicated. Glory to Jesus. How do we see this? Through the epistles. Moses did not mention this, let alone the word sin. The epistles made us realize that, uh, realize that that was the sin of Adam. In fact, that's how it felt. That's how sin was introduced. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Glory to Jesus. We'll talk more on all of that later. So Moses was teaching in shadows. That was the way he could explain what he saw in the vision. In fact, there were no trees in, in, in hidden. There is no tree. There is no fruit anywhere. How do we know? Mark chapter 7, verse 14 to 23. Jesus debunked that himself. said, have you also no understanding? Don't you know that a man is not defined by what he eats? What defines a man is what comes from within a man. So there were no trees, no eating whatsoever. These were just Moses' use of words. Again, Moses was spiritually dead. Okay? He saw a vision. He could only communicate it this way, in types and shadows. Glory to Jesus. Of course, he was also communicating to spiritually dead people. However, when a man turns to Christ, the veil is taken away. We have the revelation in the epistles today. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, it was also in the epistles that we see that truly, Adam rejecting that offer was a sin. There was a sin. That was a sin. A pattern of sin that would seal a man's faith in death. Hmm. So, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 again was not talking about Adam. Adam was not the image of God. No man is the image of God. 
Colossians 2.15, Hebrews 1.3 tells us, 2 Corinthians 4.6 tells us who the image of God is, and that is Christ. And as many as will accept the offer of life in him. That's why we say they are born again. Okay, they become a new creature. Okay, they are born anew, something that has not existed before. Now, that new birth, okay, that new person that comes is brought out in the image of God because the raw materials that was used, okay, that is used to create that new man, okay, was fetched in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. Some of these things, if you have any questions, feel free to drop it in. You can reach us by email. You, you, you can reach us via this platform. No problem. Hallelujah. So God was basically saying in Genesis 1.26, let, let me uh, reiterate that again. Out of divinity, let humanity come forth for the redemption of man. And that is just the ministry of Christ. That was the gospel of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll speak a bit more on that as we go on as well. So, how do we uh, uh, now um, put all of this together? We were able to see in summary that everyone is born in the image of their parents. No man is born in the image of God, but man, every man would receive the option, would get the offer, okay, by which he can decide, he can, he, he can give himself a chance even to be made in the image of God. From the scripture, we say that we, we see that the same offer that was made to Hadam will be made to every man, and man has the right to accept or to reject. And from then on, we began seeing examples after Hadam. We have established that Hadam rejected it. Okay, and that brought death, spiritual death. Okay, that sealed him in spiritual death. Okay, he rejected that. Okay, and we began seeing examples other than Hadam of how the choice, the same offer was made to men all through scriptures and till today, that is still what is going on. Albeit, there are some. There are some uh, uh, um, eye points here and there, which we will get to. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? So we started with Abraham, since the apostles generally regarded him as the father of faith, as the father of the Jews. The Jews recognized Abraham as their father. We said that uh, we, are, we, are, we are children of Abraham. So he was generally recognized as that. So you will see the apostles using Abraham as an easy example to communicate, okay, an example of a man who got the, the offer and he accepted by him believing, by his faith in what he was told, by his faith in the gospel that was preached to him, okay? And then I said, okay, what are some of the things we learned about Abraham? I began to, to wrap up this class now so that we can go on from there. What are some of the things we have, we have seen about Abraham through the revelation of scriptures, which is the epistles? So we saw that uh, uh, Abraham, God preached to him the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in typology. We saw that uh, some classes uh, ago, I think that was part seven of this series. So we saw that God gave him the promise of a seed, number one, and that, of course, that seed is Christ. 
we realize that we see that in the book of Galatians that, that fully explained that Abraham had these assumptions. He thought it was Isaac. It's Christ. Glory to Jesus. So God gave Abraham the promise of a seed, number one. Okay, and that in that seed, every nation of the heart will be blessed. That in him, every nation of the earth will be blessed. Okay, we see that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. We see that in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 to 16. You can please go over that um, at your personal study. We also see that this promise was actually God preaching the message of the dead, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, okay, of Christ to Abraham. And how do we know? Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 tells us that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. So, such that the moment Abraham believed God's message, he was justified. His faith was counted to him for what? For righteousness. He was declared righteous. He was justified apart from his works or conduct, without regard to his works, without regard to, 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 to the level of his moral standard. He was declared righteous. So in short, God gave Abraham a promise of eternal life in Christ by promising the seed to him by, by whom all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So in that, God gave him a promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. He believed it and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Again, without regard to his conduct or morality. Okay? So let me pause here for now. Uh, at the next class, we'll get right into another example. Avon seen Abraham, the father of faith, as regarded by the Jews. Actually, Abraham was not the first to actually exhibit faith for righteousness. He was not the first to accept the offer. Another man was recorded first. In fact, some men were recorded before him. But we picked Abraham first because Avon understood Abraham, which the, uh, the, the apostles used a lot in their explanations in the episodes, we can then go into other examples and be able to get a better understanding of things. So right from next class, we'll treat other examples. God bless you, good. I believe you have been blessed. Thank you, Father. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. He is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.